And a good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back here to yet another installment of The Bama Factor with Alex Taylor. I am your host, as always, Alex Taylor, back this week to bring you the second annual Bama Factor Awards show. We did this last year. Uh, it turned out really well. And these are awards that are given to players in 15 separate categories, players or moments in the year or plays in the year. Uh, that are actually voted on by you, all of my followers on the page. Uh, I sent out this story probably last week. Uh, it was live for 24 hours. A um, lot of votes, over 41,000 votes, I believe, uh, combined on all of these. And these are going to be ranging from offensive awards to, to um, obviously the defensive awards and also uh, a couple of awards that um, I think are very interesting uh, in this podcast. But we're just actually recapping uh, the – uh, the uh, final vote tally, and um, I'm looking forward to this, so we're going to jump right into it. So segment one is our offensive awards, and just to kind of talk about the offense just a tad this year, I think that's been the side of the ball that we've seen the most growth on, that we've seen a lot of changes on. I mean, you come in from last year, you know, Bryce Young heads to the NFL. Not only that, you know, you also lose a couple offensive linemen and Tyler Steen, uh, Emil Echior Jr., uh, you have a couple other guys who leave, you know, Jameer Gibbs, also Cameron Latu. So you definitely have to rebuild uh, an offense, and especially when you lose a quarterback and when you have to replace an offensive coordinator as well. So this year Alabama was put in a very odd spot in terms of the quarterback battle. You know, in previous seasons, you know, when Jalen Hurts um, – was no longer the quarterback, you know, Tua came in and replaced him. And then, you know, after that, it was sort of, you know, Mac Jones had the experience. And then Bryce Young had the experience. And Alabama had a really good situation at quarterback. However, this year, you know, you had guys that, you know, Jalen Milrow had one start under his belt against Texas A&M last year that a lot of people really judged him off of that start. And, I mean, to be fair, I mean, like, that is a very fair judgment. That's the only start that he had. However, you had a guy behind him in Ty Simpson who was a freshman the year before, didn't really get a lot of playing time. Then you had some other guys coming in, and Eli Holstein and Dylan Ponergan. And then you had Tyler Buckner transfer uh, in as well, who had starting experience, but they didn't really know if he could gel or mesh with uh, Alabama's system. However, Tommy Reese, his OC at his former school, then became the OC at Alabama, so obviously that helped. And, you know, you had Jason McClellan taking over more of the workload in the backfield along with, along with um, guys like Jam Miller uh, who had really come into his own late in the season last year. You had true freshman studs and Richard Young and Justice Haynes coming in. And you had Roy Dell Williams also back as a senior as well. So you had a very senior-laden um, experience there with Jace and Roy Dell. And then – and then in terms of, you know, the wide receivers, you know, Jermaine Burton, he decided to come back for his senior year. You had Isaiah Bond and Kobe Prentice and Kendrick Law all going into their second year. A lot of good experience from their first year, bringing a lot to the table. You had Juco transfer Malik Benson uh, coming in as the number one Juco prospect in the country last season. And then at tight end, you had C.J. Dupree taking Cameron Latu's place, the transfer from Maryland. Amari Nyblack, a sophomore that was also – 
on the rise. And, of course, Robbie Oots. And then on the offensive line, you had a little bit of shuffling as far as, you know, Caden Proctor coming in as a true freshman. You had J.C. Latham headed back to right tackle. Tyler Booker really getting um, his feet wet last year, starting uh, a lot of the games as well. Seth McLaughlin was also back. And then Dalcourt was also back. So had a lot of guys out there who can make plays. But, you know, the offense uh, for sure struggled to find uh, itself for a bit at the beginning of the year, especially in the Texas game. Uh, I really don't think defense lost us that game. It was our inconsistent offense that game. It was the inconsistency of the passing game. Obviously, Jalen struggled that game uh, with two interceptions, took five or six sacks, I believe. Offensive line just hadn't gelled yet. But as the season has progressed, we have seen – we have seen this offense just go from one of the biggest, I'll say the biggest probably liability on the team to one of the greatest assets on the team. And it all starts with a QB position. I mean, Jalen Milrow has been absolutely fantastic. And I'm going to open up with the offensive awards and your offensive player of the year voted on by you. The loyal honoring fans is none other than our quarterback, Jalen Jalen Milrow with 83% of the vote from you guys. So, again, really no surprise here. Jalen Milrow just absolutely had a great, great season. Um, At first, it didn't look like that. It really didn't look like he was going to have that great of a season. Uh, Struggled early. He was benched against South Florida. But the character and the leadership that he has provided has been absolutely fantastic. And just to see him grow week by week and get more confident week by week and Tommy Reese grow with him – has been absolutely fantastic to watch. And it's been literally like a movie. I mean, it's been something straight out of a movie. And just with the way that he's responded to adversity and the way that he's been able to lead this team since then, you know, ever since the benching at South Florida, he hasn't lost a game. Uh, He's performed at a high level, uh, gotten player of the week several times, Um, obviously made a – came in sixth place in the Heisman voting. Uh, He was a finalist for the Manning Award, uh, one of the finalists for uh, the Davey O'Brien Award, I'm sorry, semi-finalist for the O'Brien Award. Um, And, and I mean, you really look at this guy. I mean, now he's the odd-on favorite to win the Heisman next season. And you're looking at a guy who, you know, at the beginning of the season, a lot of people people wrote him off. A lot of people said he wasn't ever going to amount to anything and that he wasn't a throw-in quarterback and he would never be the quarterback at Alabama. And just to see him prove everyone wrong has been just an absolute fantastic thing to watch. And – I'm excited about what we're going to do in the playoff with him, and uh, I don't think there's any more uh, deserving player uh, for the Offensive Player of the Year than obviously Jalen Milrow. So hats off to Jalen, and that is our Offensive Player of the Year. So our second offensive award is going to be the Offensive Freshman of the Year. This goes to the most outstanding freshman on that side of the ball this year. And um, this one, uh, a lot of people say it can be controversial. However, I don't really think that it is now Beginning of the season, I probably would have agreed with you. But how far he's come along, I don't think so. And the offensive freshman of the year goes to our left tackle, Caden Proctor, with 77% of the vote. So Caden Proctor, obviously early on at left tackle, struggled. It seems like his feet were in cement all the time. It seems like he was not ever shuffling them. It seems like he was just reaching out to block guys, waiting on guys to engage with him, not really initiating any of the contact. Um, But – I mean, as the year's gone on, he has just improved tremendously in the 
run-blocking game, especially in pass protection. Uh, he's learned to really shuffle and slide that back foot and really use that leverage to push off. Uh, he's super strong. I mean, he's got a six-seven frame. So, I mean, you're looking at a guy who's got brute strength and the height and who's got all the intangibles. Uh, he just needed to work on really the fundamental aspect of his game. And guys like J.C. Latham, Tyler Booker have really taught um, uh, have really taught him uh, a lot about that. So, anyway, hats off to Caden Proctor. Has improved a lot, and we have him for two more years, and he's only going to keep improving. So, hats off to him, and I think he could probably go one of the most improved players on offense as well, along with Jalen Milrow as well. So, again, hats off to Caden Proctor. So, now our third award. This is one of my favorites, the Under the Radar Offensive Player of the Year. And this one was interesting. You know, this kind of goes with the player that, you know, maybe kind of snuck under people's radar all year long wasn't really in the limelight that much, but also really made an impact when they got in the game. And the under-the-radar offensive reward goes to tailback Roy Dell Williams with 38% of that vote there. Now, this one was close. Um, I believe he was going to split this with Amari Nyblack almost, but Roy Dell put it out by about three or four votes, so very close in the voting. Um, but... Roy Dell has been, you know, a member of this team for four years now. Uh, he is really st he's really stuck it out. I mean, this is a kid from Hueytown that really could have gone to probably any SEC school or any other school, really, ACC or, or, you know, Big 12 or Big 10, and probably started all four years that he was there. But he's really stuck it out at Alabama. He's used his role how he's supposed to. Just the ability for Roy Dell to um, – come back for his senior season and really have a huge impact in this game. Uh, I love the fact that, uh, you know, he's got a lot more playing time this year and he's kind of been Jace's counterpart. And just his ability to run and his ability that he just – I mean, they, they literally call him – um, I think the coaching staff actually calls him like a bowling ball because whenever he gets the ball in his hands, he just barrels forward all the time. And uh, just – I mean, he – in my opinion, he had a great season. He stepped up huge against Georgia with Jace out. Uh, he and Jam both um, obviously stepped up huge on one drive against LSU to put us up 35-28. So, I mean, he's he's just had a very good season this year, and he's very underrated. He's very um, quick out of the backfield. He's got um, he's going to be that guy who's going to get you those really tough yards. He's going to be that guy who's really going to. Um, if you're on the like, if you're on the goal line and you need to punch it in, uh, he's going to be that guy. So, hats off to him. Uh, flew under the radar for a lot of people, but I uh, I think he's on a lot of people's uh, currently, especially after the SEC title game. So, hats off to him. And our last two awards uh, are going to go for the offensive lineman of the year and the receiver of the year. So we'll, we'll start with the receiver of the year. And the receiver of the year goes to none other than Jermaine Burton with 78% of the vote. Um, Jermaine Burton, he made the decision to come uh, – to obviously come back for his senior year. And um, it proved to be a very good choice. Uh, I felt like Jermaine was very highly touted coming into Alabama – as a transfer from Georgia, and really didn't live up to the expectation in the first half of the season. But we saw in the last five games of the season, in the 22 season, what he could really have the potential to be. And I think he worked on his attitude. He worked on his leadership. He worked on his character a bit. And this season he has been in just a different mode. 
and only 35 catches on the season, I believe. But that really doesn't matter because he's got 777 yards and eight touchdowns, but 22 yards a catch, 68 is as long. And, I mean, that's incredible for this guy. And, you know, I think he's going to have a huge impact for us in the playoffs. He gets on that stage again. He's been on that stage with Georgia. So, you know, you're looking at a guy who, you know, has playoff experience, has playoff experience against Alabama. Now he has it for Alabama. Um, and, you know, I'm excited about that. So, Jermaine Burton to the Receiver of the Year Award. And then the Offensive Lineman of the Year Award goes to J.C. Latham with 44% of the vote. And J.C. Latham has just kind of really been that alpha dog on the line. He's been that guy who, you know, highly touted true freshman, one of the number one offensive tackles in the 2021 recruiting class. And, you know, or I'm sorry, the 2020 class. And just really came in just absolutely just um, just exploded. And, uh, you know, in his junior season, he's obviously going to be a first-round draft pick. So, uh, these will be his last two games uh, with the Crimson Tide. But just really sets the tone on that line. Huge presence on the line. Uh, brute strength, good technique. Uh, he's going to excel in the NFL for a long, long time. And uh, I'm excited to really see where he goes. So, offensive lineman of the year goes to J.C. Latham. So, now we're going to jump into segment two uh, to the – um, to the other side of the ball, we're going to go to your defensive awards. And just to talk about the defense for a second as well, this is also a unit that at the beginning of the season, especially against Texas, really got exposed. You know, we got beat long on plays by Xavier Worthy, uh, A.D. Mitchell, uh, A.D. Mitchell twice actually. And, you know, this is a team that, you know, we were like, wow, we thought Kevin Steele coming back, it was going to be a more aggressive team. And I never questioned the physicality. I never questioned the aggressiveness. I never questioned the effort. I questioned if the secondary was ever going to get it together, if it was just all a facade, if it was all just talk in the offseason. But after that Texas game, how this defense came alive, I mean, held Ole Miss to their lowest point total this year and in the Lane Kiffin era to 10 points, held them to three points in the second half. And then we go on the road to a Mississippi State against a good quarterback in Will Rogers, hold them to 17 points. Then you go to Texas A&M, hold them to three points in the second half with all the, with all the receiving threats they have on the offensive side of the ball in College Station. And then you play Arkansas as well, kind of collapse a little bit late, still a good effort. Then you shut Tennessee out in the second half. You hold LSU, the top offense in the country, with a Heisman Trophy winner to seven points in the second half. You hold Kentucky to seven in the second half. Then you also come back and you really do um, – you really step up where you have to against Auburn. And then Georgia, you hold them to their lowest points all season and you hold them to the lowest um, rushing yards they had had all year as well with 78. So – with guys like Chris Braswell and, and you know, of course, Dallas Turner just absolutely just wreaking havoc this year, I tell you, um, this is just has been a great unit to watch. It's just improved every week, um, especially the secondary. They've improved every week. The line has gotten more push, you know, with Tim Keenan, Jaheim Otis, Justin Aborgby, um, Jamarian Latham, just a lot of senior-laden guys in there, a lot of guys with a lot of experience too. And, you know, the inside linebackers as well with Deontay Lawson, Tresman Marshall, Jihad Campbell, Kendrick Blackshear. Just um, what a great unit overall. And Kevin Steele, 
he deserves his flowers uh, for this unit as well. So hopping into these awards now, we're going to go to the first award, which is the Defensive Lineman of the Year. And that award goes to Justin Aborgby with 56% of the vote. And Justin Aborgby, uh, four games in last season, um, had um, a, um, a vertebrae injury and really um, – Really, uh, his football career was in question uh, after that. It was really um, a strong possibility that, that um, he was not ever going to play again. And potentially, uh, if you watched uh, the little documentary on him on College Game Day, uh, he had the potential to not even walk again. So not only really the comeback player of the year, but for him to really come back and, and have a huge, huge impact on this team uh, just absolutely incredible story this year. And, you know, if you really look at his stats, I mean, he's got 25 solo tackles this year, 34 assisted, 59 total tackles. He's got seven sacks on the year. Um, and uh, just what a great what a great story of this guy. Just He's also stuck around for four years as well, and actually five years because he was the 2019 recruiting class. Uh, but, you know, he's been a big presence on that line as well. So hats off to Justin as well. So the second award is going to go to the linebacker of the year. And with 79% of the vote, it is none other than Dallas Turner. And obviously Turner coming back for his junior season, spelling Will Anderson the last two years, and Will Anderson even saying that Dallas was going to be better than he was. And it's hard to believe that, you know, somebody can be um, any better than Anderson was. But uh, Turner has lived up to the hype for sure. Uh, 26 solo tackles on the year, 24 assisted, 50 total, nine sacks on the year. Um, he's got two forced fumbles as well. And just with the pressures, I mean, over 60 pressures this year, just really making an impact in the backfield. And, you know, this is a guy that's going to play in the NFL for a long time as well. It would be awesome if he and Anderson uh, could play on the same team again. Uh, but he and Braswell have just had such a great year, but Turner especially, and I look for him to make a huge, uh, huge presence uh, in the playoff as well. So the third award, the second, so the secondary player of the year, and this one should be no surprise, 59% of the vote, and it goes to true freshman Caleb Downs. Caleb Downs this year, just absolutely incredible. Leading tackler on the team, 99 total tackles, one shy of 100, um, three pass deflections, two interceptions, also has had one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, and has taken a punt return to the house as well. This guy's just been everywhere. His football instinct is absolutely off the charts. I mean, this is a guy who was a five-star, the number one safety in America last year, chose us over Georgia. I'm so glad he did. And this is a guy I knew was going to make an impact from day one, was going to make an impact when he was in bowl prep last year in the spring. I said, he's going to be starting. He's going to be in the secondary. He's going to have the chance to start as a true freshman at Alabama. And sure enough, he has, and he has not let any of us down whatsoever. He's lived up to the expectations. He's lived up to the hype. And this kid is absolutely insane. I'm so glad we got him for two more years. And while I'm talking about him, he is also the he is also the – recipient of the next award as well, which is the which is the defensive freshman of the year, and he got it with 99% of the vote. Uh, Caleb Downs as well. And this guy, again, he's just his football IQ is so far ahead of a lot of guys in this country, and he's one of the top freshmen in the country. And if he doesn't win the Sean Alexander Freshman of the Year award, then you know he's already won freshman All American. He was already All SEC. Uh, he was um, an All American. So I mean freshman year, I mean just absolutely incredible. 
um, Caleb Downs. So, and we got him for two more years. So, just what an absolutely fantastic player. And then the last one on the defensive side is under the radar defensive player. And this goes to Jihad Campbell, 73%. This is a guy that, you know, really last year, you know, came in, um, you know, was a freshman last year, kind of got on the field some, then kind of didn't. But now, you know, second year has really stepped up, especially in the absence of Lawson in a couple of those games when he was hurt. Campbell has just come up huge. I mean, Campbell, um, 12 tackles against Ole Miss, uh, I believe, you know, 11 or 12 against Mississippi State. He's the second leading tackler on the team with 65 total tackles. Uh, he also has an interception as well. He's got two fumble recoveries. Obviously, one was a scoop and score uh, against Tennessee. That was huge uh, in the fourth quarter of that game. And Campbell has just played very, very, very well, um, communicated well, and he's going to be a junior next year. He's only going to get stronger. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do um, in the um, in the playoff as well. So, Jihad Campbell – uh, with uh, 73% of the vote for under-the-radar defensive player of the year. And certainly, last but not least, our special teams player of the year. He needs no introduction, and it is Will Reichard with 100% of the vote. Will Reichard, now your all-time leading scorer in college football history. And not only that, he was 53 of 53 on extra points this year, 20 of 23 on field goals this year. Uh, did not attempt any less than 20 yards, um, but he was 3 for 3 from 20 to 29, 7 of 7 from 30 to th 39, 7 of 10 from 40 to 49, and 3 for 3 from 50 plus. 113 points this year. Absolutely fantastic from our special teams player of the year, Will Reichard. Thank you very much. And now we're going to jump into the last segment. These are just some of the awards that I just kind of put in the category of the miscellaneous uh, tab. And we have five awards um, that are all very much different from each other. And I just thought these were very interesting right here. So we're going to start out with the first one, and it is the moment of the year. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you know, the finalists for this came down to 4th and 31. Um, the drive against uh, um, Auburn, of course. Uh, so 4th and 31, you had uh, – LSU, for once you had uh, the fumble recovery for a touchdown against Tennessee, and uh, you had um, SEC Championship win over Georgia, and with 99% of the vote, 4th and 31 at Auburn took it home for the moment of the year, and just absolutely incredible um, that moment. Uh, still can't believe it. Uh, I love it every single day. Um, and it's going to be immortalized in a painting, uh, by, obviously by the great um, artist known as Daniel Moore, uh, and uh, already got the pencil sketch out. So 4th and 31 is your moment of the year with 99% of the vote. Jalen Milrose throw to Isaiah Bond in the corner of the end zone to beat Auburn. So next was the performance of the year. And this goes to Jalen Milrow versus LSU with 68% of the vote. Uh, for those of y'all um, who don't know and for those of y'all that also know, uh, I was at that game personally. I got to witness that, obviously. One of Jalen's top performances of the year uh, for certain. 
I mean, you're looking at a guy who was coming in scrutinized a lot and the game plan that Tommy Reese had for him in that game, 15 of 23, 219 yards, but where he really got it done, 20 carries, 155 yards, and four touchdowns on the ground. What an absolutely fantastic performance. He got the performance of the year with 68% of the vote and just absolutely incredible uh, performance to watch, especially in person. And the atmosphere at that game was absolutely crazy. And then the game of the year, our third award, this came down to between Alabama, Georgia, Alabama, and Auburn, Alabama, and LSU, and Alabama, and Tennessee. And with 59% of the vote, it went to Alabama and Georgia in the SEC championship. I know a lot of people looked at that um, as, you know, they wanted the chance to end Georgia's 29-game win streak. Uh, Alabama was the last team to beat them before they started that streak. Obviously, involved in that streak was a victory over the Crimson Tide for Georgia. So, Alabama fans were ready to propel themselves into into the playoff, and they did it. So, 59% of the vote, the game of the year, 27-24, to 24, Alabama over Georgia in the SEC Championship just two weeks ago. And I came up with this category because I really wanted to do this one. Uh, so the revenge game of the year. Obviously, Alabama lost to Tennessee last year, 52-49, to and lost to LSU, 32-31. to And then, not only that, the year before that, Georgia, 33-18 to in the national championship game. So there were three choices to choose from this. It was Tennessee, LSU, and Georgia, the best revenge game of the year. And with 69% of the vote, it was Georgia. Um, I was surprised on this one. I thought Tennessee might be up there uh, just because of what happened last year. But uh, it was Georgia with 69% of the vote for sure. And uh, just absolutely uh, incredible that we went 3-0 and on the revenge tour this year. I absolutely love that. Um, and, you know, we got back and we – the thing is, Alabama doesn't ever forget when they lose a game. You know, that's the thing. Um, and, you know, that next season, it's just, it's just, it's just really hard to be saving two times in a row. Uh, Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss, he did it. And uh, Les Miles, he did it in 2010 regular season, LSU in the 2011 regular season. But then we all know what happened, 2011 national championship game. Uh, so always a good one. And then the last category is the transfer of the year. And so transfer of the year went to Tresman Marshall, 35% of the vote. And transfers uh, who transferred in, who this was in between, was Tresman Marshall, C.J. Dupree, Trey Amos, and Jalen Key. Uh, those were some of our transfers in this year. Um, and Tresman Marshall got 35% uh, of the vote. Came from Georgia, actually played against Alabama three other times in 2021 and um, uh, two times in 21. So, uh, but he was uh, a two time uh, national champion with Georgia. A um, a um, a one-time SEC champion with Georgia, and obviously now a one-time SEC champ with Bama, and hoping to be a three-time national champion. Uh, hopefully, if Alabama can win this as well. So, Tresman Marshall, just a great inside linebacker this year. Just uh, obviously, f uh, he recovered a fumble against Georgia, uh, and the irony of that is absolutely fantastic. Uh, but just very physical player. Very glad to have him in crimson and white. And now as we wrap this up, um, the second annual Bama Factor Awards. Um, there's one final award that I call the Bama Factor Award. And I will read to you what this actually means and what it entails and the criteria that needs to be met in order to be in the running for this award on this 
show. So the Bama Factor Award is awarded to the player that best em- that best embodies what it means to wear the script A. They have exceptional leadership and character and are well thought of by their teammates. They not only excel on the field but also in 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 life, academics, and in their and in their community. This player truly knows what the Bama standard is and is appreciative and loves the opportunity he has to get to play for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And with 76% of the vote, the second annual award of the Bama Factor Award goes to Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow, again, he really embodies what the Bama Factor means. He has come through so much adversity this year, and it almost makes me tear up for him because when he said in the SEC Championship game post game, he said, when the world gave up on me, I didn't give up on myself. And this kid has had such a journey, and it's only starting. He's got an opportunity to really etch his name as a starting quarterback in Alabama history to have a national championship, and he gets to come back next season. So this guy's got so much in front of him, and I am so excited about him. I'm so excited about this playoff and seeing what he can do against a very good Michigan defense. Uh, we'll see what he can do. So those are it for your Bama Factor Awards, the second annual one. Thank you guys for voting. Uh, we're going to do it again next year. I always look forward to this, but – a lot of good award recipients. Congrats to all the recipients on the offense and the defense and special teams and the miscellaneous awards as well. Love you guys so much. Uh, the podcast will not be uh, on next week. Uh, I'm going to take a full week off. I will be on vacation next week uh, with my wife and her family as well. Uh, so I will not be doing the podcast next week. But tune in the next week, which will be game week for the Crimson Tide as they head to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl College Football Playoff semifinal against the Michigan Wolverines. I will be bringing you a preview of that game. We'll be previewing Alabama. We'll be previewing a little bit of Michigan. We'll be seeing um, what position groups are really going to be highlighted in that game. We're going to talk about the Alabama offense against the um, Wolverine defense, and we're going to talk about the Wolverine offense against the Bama defense. We're going to see some key matchups. We're going to see some strengths. We're going to see some weaknesses. We're going to see some potential um, upsets in this game, potential um, really big st- uh, storylines in this game, and seeing what can happen for the first playoff semifinal in the Rose Bowl on January the 1st, 2024. And we'll be bringing you all that in two weeks from today. But anyway, I love you guys. The page is thriving. Thank you guys so much for your support. Love all you guys. Have a great night. Have a good week. Good night. And God bless. And for all of you out there, since I will not see you until then, I hope you all have, I hope every single one of you have a a very Merry Christmas. I hope all of you uh, enjoy time with your friends, your parents, your family, Uh, anyone that you were close to, and let's remember the reason for the season, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, because without Him, none of this is possible. The greatest gift we could ever receive is the gift of salvation from Him, and I pray that you know Him as your personal Savior in your life. So anyway, again, a good night, and a God bless to all of you, and a big Roll Tide. Thank you.